Good morning, welcome. If you'd like to take a seat so we can make a start. Great to see you all. In case, uh, in case you don't know me, my name's uh, Neil Turton. I'm one of the pastors here in the church and it's my pleasure to welcome you to our All Age Harvest uh, celebration, whether you're here in the building or you're watching online. Uh, if you are a visitor here with us this morning, it's great to have you with us. Uh, just to let you know what to expect this morning in the service, uh, Nathan Elliott, our youth and children's worker, is going to be leading the service for us. Um, there's going to be songs, there's going to be prayers, um, challenges, videos, uh, time to, to think, uh, time to talk. And we're going to hear what God tells us about himself and about us in his word, the Bible. Uh, children are going to be staying in throughout. If you do have young children, there is a creche available right through there. So do feel free at any time to, to take, take them out. Well, today's a harvest celebration. It's an opportunity to come together to say thank you to God for all that uh, he gives to us. If you have brought some food, um, then please bring it to the front during the, uh, the first uh, song, if you haven't done so already. Uh, that's going to go to the Food Bank in Tame, which is run by the Sharing Life Trust. And if you'd like to make a financial gift today for the Harvest Appeal, that's going to be shared between the Sharing Life Trust and also the uh, Tear Fund Pakistan Floods Appeal. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about our God who made the earth, who made us, and who provides for all of our, our needs. In Psalm 65, which is a song of thanksgiving to God, it says this. It says, you take care of the earth and send rain to help the soil grow all kinds of crops. Your rivers never run dry, and you prepare the earth to produce abundant grain. Let's pray and thank this God as we start our service together. Father God, you are the giver of all the good things we have. The sun that shines, the rain that waters, the food we eat, the water we drink, the clothes we wear, the homes we live in, our families, our friends. Father God, you are so kind. You're so generous. So we pray you'd help us this morning just to stop and to say thank you for all that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. If everyone wants to grab a seat, it's so good to see you all this morning. As Neil said, my name's Nathan, and I'm going to be leading us through the rest of our service this morning. Now, I thought we'd start our time with a bit of a challenge. What do you think, Oscar? A bit of a challenge, right? And there's three people in this room that are going to take part in today's challenge. It's called the Water Cup Challenge. And I didn't think there was anyone better than Neil, Saab, and Colin, our three pastors, to take part in the challenge. What do you think? Do we agree? Yes. Should we give them a big cheer and welcome them down to the front? Yes, here we go. Very good, very good. Now, again, if you can't see in the corners and you do want to come and sit down to the front, you can see. Hopefully, we'll be able to get a close-up shot on the screen so everyone can see. So, Neil, Colin, do you want to gather around the, the, the table and the cup? So, here's how the challenge works, okay? I'll give that to you first, Neil, okay? Because you're going to go up first. We've got a cup of water, three quarters of the way full. They'll take it in turns to pour more water into the cup. The person who pours the water that makes the cup overflow and spill loses. Okay, does that make sense? So they take it in turns, rotate the cup around, pour a bit more water in, see how high you can get it. If you make it spill, you 
you lose. You lose, right? Are we ready? Give him a big cheer. Here we go. Neil, you're up. Oh, he's gone big. Here we go. Close-up shot on the screen if you want to see nice and close. Oh, Saab, he's gone big early. Oh, he's backed himself. He's still going good. Good. Yeah, good. And it's got to be, it's got to be one paw. You can't come back for seconds, okay? One, one movement of the hand. Here we go. Come on, Colin, cheer him on. <laughs> Nothing came out. Oh, good. Right, back to Neil. Eyes on the screen. Who's going to make it spill? Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Is he going to make it spill? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's it, that's it. One bit of water's fine. Can't come back for seconds. Come on, Colin. Let's cheer Colin on here. Come on, Colin. Oh, still going. Come on, Neil. Here we go. Is this the time? Still going. No spillage yet. Oh, still going. Come on, Colin. Give him a cheer. Here we go. Who's going to make it spill? Still going. Come on, Neil. Oh, good, steady hands. His hands shaking. Oh, right. Is this the moment? Come on, Colin. All those years of high pressure moments. Still going. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> he went big. Oh, any moment now. What do we think? Still going. How is this cup still going? Is it now, Mike? Do you think? Is it going to go? Oh, wow. This cup is amazing. Oh, Neil. Come on, Sam. Oh, come on, Carl. You got this. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> a drop. A drop. That's okay. Oh, oh. There is water. Who's the loser? Neil. Very good. Can we give them a big round of applause? Very good. Very, very good. Saab and Colin, well done. Unfortunately, Neil, you lost the water cup challenge. Good, isn't it? The cup filling, 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 filling until eventually it went, whoa, overflowed, right? And as we think about harvest this year, as we look around outside of the world around us, just like this cup of water that is full to the brim and overflowing, we see lots of other things that are full at harvest, don't we? Again, up on the screen, there might be some pictures coming up. We see fields, don't we? Full of wheat, Right, ripe for harvest. We see trees full of fruit are ready to be plucked. We see maybe in our own homes, cupboards full of food. But as you look at those things, full here, full there, full everywhere, it begs the question, doesn't it? There's some pictures on the screen for you to see. It begs the question, as you look at all that is full around us, what are you full of? As you look at what all is full around us, what are you full of? Maybe put your finger to your head. 
and take 10 seconds just to think about that question. What are you full of? 10 seconds. Have a think. Three, two, one. I wonder, did you think this? Right. Full of thanks. Thankful. That's what it means to be full, to overflowing with thankfulness. To who? To God. Right? Because God is the giver of all the good things we have, love, and enjoy. It's so easy to forget that, isn't it? To forget to say thank you. To misplace that thanks. Maybe to say thank you to ourselves or to other people or other things. But to forget to say thank you to God. Because he is the one behind all the good things that we have. And that's what today is all about. To be full of thanks. Harvest stops, slows us down, and gives us a chance to say thank you to God. We're going to watch a video now that gives us some ideas of maybe things, as you watch the video, things that you could be thankful for today. Things that God has given you. So have a watch of the screen and see how many of the things that they mention relate to your life. What can you say thankful to God for today? Let's have a watch. What are you thankful to God for? I'm thankful for God for having a home. I'm thankful to God for my church family. I'm thankful to God for delicious food. I'm so thankful to God for seeing family after so long apart. I'm thankful to God for NHS. I'm thankful to God that I've got a job that I really love doing. I'm thankful to God for friends. I'm thankful to God for opportunities to share life with my neighbours. I'm thankful for Jesus coming into the world and saving all our lives. I'm thankful to God for the gift of sport and exercise. I'm thankful to God for life, for creating me, for knowing me better than I know myself. I'm thankful to God for my mum and dad because they teach me about Jesus. I'm really thankful uh, to God for my family, uh, for my wife and uh, for my three children. I'm thankful to God for the endurance in my faith that he's given me, especially over the last 18 months. I am thankful that God gave me family that make me feel safe and happy. I'm thankful to God for doctors and nurses. I'm thankful to God for his word that reveals his love for us and reveals his will for us. I'm thankful to God for sweeties. I'm so thankful to God for the free gift of salvation in his son, Jesus Christ. It's good, isn't it? Lots of reasons to say thank you to God this morning. Could you maybe turn to the people around you? Maybe someone who you came with, a family member or a child or a parent. Could you turn and talk? What are you thankful to God for this morning? Maybe it's some of the things you saw on the screen. Maybe it's something different. Can you share maybe with the people around you? What are you thankful to God for this morning? Off you go. Have a few 
minutes. I'm glad I had to stop here while you're still chatting because there's lots of reasons to give thankful, to be thankful to God for. So full of thanks, right? That's where we begin our service today. We are full of thanks to God because he's the giver of all the good things that we have. We're going to sing a song now that's going to act as a bit of a prayer in response to maybe the things you've shared. Um, we're going to sing a song that says, God is good all the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done, for all you are, and for all you've given to me. So let's stand and let's sing, God is good all the time. Uh, we're now going to have a reading from the Bible. Um, so I'm going to invite Rebecca and Esme and Luella maybe as well, all three, to come down. And they're going to read uh, from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. It should be up on the screen as well. The Bible verses will be part of the first talk PowerPoint, Dave, if you have that there. Just so that you can see with your own eyes what is going to be read so you can follow along really helpfully. So I'm going to get ooh, another microphone as well. Just in case. And if you've got a Bible for yourself on your phone, feel free to get it open. We're actually going to read it from the International Children's Bible. Okay, so maybe it's slightly different words than what you might have in your Bible. But it just helps us understand it really clearly and really simply. So here we go. Who's going to start with us? There we go. So I tell you, don't worry about the food you need to live. And don't worry about the clothes you need for your body. Life is more important than food, and the body is more important than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. But your heavenly Father feeds the birds, and you know you are worth much more than the birds. You cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. And why do you worry about clothes? Look at the flowers in the field. See how they grow. They don't work or make clothes for themselves. But I tell you that even Solomon with his riches was not dressed as beautifully as one of these flowers. God clothes the grass in the field like that. The grass is living today, but tomorrow it is thrown into the fire to be burnt. So you can be even more sure that God will clothe you. Don't have so little faith. Don't worry and say... What will I eat, or what will I drink, or what will I wear? All the people who don't know God keep trying to get these things, and your Father in heaven knows that you need them. The the things you should want most are God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then all these other things you will need will be given to you, so don't worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Tomorrow will have its own worries. Brilliant job. Thank you so much. Give them a little round of applause. That's brilliantly read. So good, isn't it, to hear God's word read so beautifully and clearly. Thank you. So, where have we come so far? We began with, we are full of thanks Full of thanks to God because he's the giver of all the good things that we have and enjoy. But I don't know about you, as you look out of the window at the world around us, what else do you see? You know, fields full of wheat, trees full of flowers uh, or fruit, cupboards full of food. But as we look at the world around us, out of the window at the life around us, what else do 
we see. Well, if you see what I see, it's a world, you see the change in the world there? It's a world that isn't as it should be. A world in pain, a world that is broken. Even this week in the news, we've seen things like a financial crisis in our own country. The war continuing in Ukraine, hurricanes in Florida and America. And I want to particularly mention one cause that Neil mentioned before, that the money that you might donate today will go towards floods in Pakistan. So as we look out of the window to the world around us, I wonder what that makes you full of. It definitely makes me full of, again, we might have a picture on the screen, full of worry. Right, Full of worry at the broken world around us. And that's before we even stop looking out of the window at the world around us and start looking at the mirror that shows us our own lives, our own troubles, our own worries. Issues of health, maybe. Money issues. Maybe issues at work you see in the mirror at your own life. Issues at school, issues with a child, issues with a parent, issues facing you today, issues maybe waiting for you tomorrow. Full of worry as we look at the mirror of our lives. And the the Bible reading that was read to us by the Walters mentioned worries, didn't it? Did you hear it throughout? Worries of what we might eat or drink or wear. Worries of life. Worries of tomorrow. And as Jesus speaks into worry, as he sees the worries in the world out the window and the worries in the mirror of our lives, you'd expect it to say something like this, wouldn't you? Jesus says, so I tell you, feel free to worry about the food you need to live and crack on with worrying about the clothes you need for your body. Life is full of reasons to worry, so there isn't much else more important, right? With all the worries we see and experience, you'd expect Jesus to just say, yeah, right, worry, worry, worry. Why not? There's so many reasons to worry. Is that what he says? Jesus says this. So I tell you, don't worry about the food you need to live. And don't worry about the clothes you need for your body. Life is more important than food, and the body is more important than clothes. What? (laughs) Really, Jesus? You're having a laugh, aren't you? Really joking? (laughs) Pull the other one. No, no. Jesus tells us not to worry. Now, I don't know about you, but my response to that is, well, you better have a good reason why. Right. He better come up with some convincing arguments to convince me with all that I see and experience that tells me I should worry. And he says I shouldn't. He better come up with some good reasons. Well, he does. (laughs) And we're going to have a look at those reasons a little bit later on together. But first, I want to invite Nigel up to pray for us, to pray into some of the things that do cause us to worry, the brokenness and pain that we see in the world around us. So, Nigel, if you want to come up, we're going to spend some time praying together into some of these things. As I was um, thinking about preparing for this, um, I'd had some ideas, and then I came to the Bible reading this morning, and God had other ideas, because I came across something that was just a wonderful psalm. And we're going to pray through that now, 
because I think it just captures the amazing, powerful God that we've got, who's created a wonderful world, but we live in a broken world. And this psalm perfectly captures that. So we're just going to pray together. Um, and I'll just read a part of the psalm, and then we're just going to pray into those verses. It's Psalm 65. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Happy are those who choose and bring near to, um, you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house in your holy temple. Lord, we're amazed at your goodness. Lord, we're amazed at the world that you created, so good and so perfect. And Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that we can come together this morning to worship you, to pray to you. But Lord, we're also conscious by the things that are wrong in the world. Lord, by the things that we do wrong. Lord, by the mess that mankind has made for so much of your wonderful creation. And Lord, we're truly sorry. Father, but we thank you that you answer prayer, that you hear our prayers, and that you love it when we pray to you. We're thankful for that, Lord. You answered us in awesome and righteous deeds, God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourselves with strength, who stilled the roaring seas and the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of all the nations. Lord, we bring the turmoil the upside-downness and brokenness of this world to you now. Lord, we think of our own country and, Lord, the mess that we're in. Lord, we pray for wisdom in our leaders. Lord, as King Charles takes up responsibility of being the new king, we pray for him. We pray for the, fine, um, um, the prime minister and the team in government and the opposition as they consider the current crisis in this country. And Lord, we're conscious of what's going on in Ukraine at the moment and the fear and uncertainty that that creates for the world, but Lord, also the suffering and pain that that creates for people in Ukraine. And Lord, our hearts break and we lift that to you. Lord, the roaring of the waves can happen in the sea, but Lord, we've seen the turmoil of hurricanes. Lord, the floods in Pakistan... Lord, we pray for the people affected by the floods. We pray too for about the hurricanes in Florida and the people affected by those. And Lord, we just pray for the emergency services in each country as they try to help and support. And Lord, we pray for your church in these countries and across the world that we would respond with care, with love, and in the same way that you would respond. Lord, we give all of this to you. And Lord, we pray too for our own needs. Let's just take a moment lifting something that's particularly concerning us at the moment and lift that to God. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who answers prayers, that when we pray, 
Lord, you're faithful, and Lord, you fill us with faith. Lord, thank you for the good gifts that have been brought to the church today. We pray that you would bless those as they go to the food bank. And Lord, also to the um, um, relief in Pakistan as well, Lord. We pray too for our church family, for Carl as he preaches this morning at Buckingham. Lord, for the hope and glory choir as they come to this country. We pray that they wouldn't just entertain people, but Lord, that they would inspire people with hope. And inspire people for a love of your community around the world. Lord, we pray for the Dads and Tots group um, as they meet for the first time next Saturday that you would really bless this ministry, Lord. And Lord, we remember people we know who are in pain at the moment, who've lost loved ones. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. When morning dawns, where evening fades, who calls forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with corn, for you so ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grassland of the wilderness overflows. The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks. And the valleys are mantled with corn. They shout for joy and sing. Lord, we thank you for your creation. We thank you for your hand in creation. We thank you for your abundance, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we trust that you're able to provide everything that we need. We give you thanks, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nigel. So good to know that Nigel's words, as we prayed along, didn't just hit the ceiling. They went all the way up to God in heaven. He hears our prayers. So again, what's our journey so far in this service? We began full of thanks. Full of thanks to God for all his good gifts to us. But then we realize that we can be full of worry, can't we? As we look at the window... To the world out there, as we look in the mirror, our own lives too, it can cause us to be full of worry. But what does Jesus say? Don't worry. Jesus calls us not to worry. But what reasons does he give? That was the question we left earlier. So let's have a look at some of those reasons together now. And Jesus starts, again in the reading that was read to us earlier, by taking us to the world of nature. Let's have a look at these words together. See what he says as he begins in verse 26? Look at the birds in the air. Have you ever done that? Looked up to the sky and see the amazing birds flying around in formation. You see these pictures here? They're of starlings. If you went about a 25 minutes drive from here, RSPB, Otmore, you can see this over the next few months. A murmuration. Thousands of starlings flying together in formation, not bumping into each other, but in perfect unity. It's an amazing thing as we look into the air at the birds. What does Jesus say about the birds? They don't plant or harvest or store food and barns, but your heavenly father feeds the birds. And you know that you are worth much more than birds. God feeds the birds. 
But he doesn't stop there. He then points us to the flowers of the field in verse 28. In another version, he says specifically about lilies. And again, there's some pictures. Aren't they gorgeous? Different colors, different shades, different smells, different textures. Flowers are absolutely amazing. The detail of them. And what does it say? God clothes the flowers in the field like that. You see, here's the big point. God is a big God. God is a big God. Big enough to control every detail down to its smallest point. What the birds eat for breakfast, God's big enough to know about that because he feeds the birds. What the flowers wear for bed, God is big enough. He knows exactly what's going on. But not just the detail, God is big enough to be control of every issue. Every issue, as we look out of the window to the world around us, again, we've said this week, the financial crisis, the war in Ukraine, the hurricanes in America, whatever it might be, as we look out of the broken world around us, God is big enough to be in control. God is a big God, says Jesus. So, don't worry. Don't worry. But you might be sat there thinking, okay, nice, good start, Nathan, good reason, Jesus. God might be a big God in control of the world out there. Ah, but what about the mirror, right? What about the worries that I see in my life right now? What about me? What about my life? What about my worries? Can God have a reason, Jesus have a reason to not worry about those? Well, again, let's have a look at what Jesus says. Verse 31, don't worry and say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? All the people who don't know God keep trying to get these things. And your father in heaven knows that you need them. Yes, God is a big God, but also God is a knowing God. Do you see that there? God, he's described there as our father, our perfect, good loving heavenly father not trying to catch us out or punish us when we get it wrong but the god who's on our side the god who wants what is best for us and as we look at all the issues we see in the mirror of our lives the issues of health god knows god sees god cares isn't that a comfort issues of money god knows God sees, God cares. Issues at work, issues at school this week, God knows, God sees, God cares. Issues with a child, issues with a parent, God knows, God sees, God cares. Issues that you're facing today, issues that are waiting for you tomorrow, God knows, God sees. God cares. That's what Jesus wants you to know. God is a knowing God. So, don't be full of worry. Don't be full of worry. Okay, God is a big God. God is a knowing God. But what good is that, you might say, if God can't do anything to help? He might know about my problems and care about them, but if he isn't able to do anything about them, so what? Well, again, let's have a look at verse 33. 
The thing you should want most, says Jesus, is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. Then all these other things you need will be given to you. God is a big God. God is a knowing God. But here we find that God is a giving God. Do you remember earlier we talked about God is the giver of all the good things that we have. And so we should be full to overflowing with thanks because he provides for the physical needs of our bodies. Again, we see a really brilliant picture of that here with the table, all the food that we have that we can share with others too. It all comes from God. But here we see that God, there is something much more important to God than just providing for our physical needs, the needs of our bodies. God wants to give to the needs of our hearts. You see what it says there? Jesus says, you should want most, what you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what God wants. That's what we should want most. That's what we were made to do most. We were made to love God and live his way. But what's the problem? As you read that, you should love God and want his kingdom more than anything else. Well, I don't really. (laughs) That's my problem. I don't love God as I should. I don't live his way as I should. We have all rejected him and live our own way. But God still loves us that he wants us all to be part of his kingdom. Do you see that word there? God's kingdom. That means being part of God's family and being with him forever in heaven. And God wants that so much that he was willing to give something in order for us to get it. He gave his son, Jesus. The king of the kingdom, the Lord Jesus Christ, came down to this earth. He lived, he died, and he rose again in our place. Why? To give us the greatest gift anyone could offer. And this is the real core of why we shouldn't worry today. The offer of Jesus is this. A heart that is safe and a heart that is new. A heart that is safe, safe with God and his kingdom forever for anyone who trusts in Jesus. A truth that nothing through the window or nothing in the mirror can touch or destroy or taint and take away. That causes not to worry, knowing that our heart is safe in Jesus. But also a heart that is new. New and able to live God's way, not our own. To live the way we were made to live. For God is our king. To live Him, for live for him and love him. So there we go. Jesus wants you to know this morning that God is a big God. He's in control of every detail and every issue. God is a knowing God. He sees, he cares. God is a giving God. Giving to our bodies, yes, but also giving to our hearts. Hearts that are safe in him, no matter what. And hearts that are new, able to live his way. So Jesus says, don't worry. Don't be full of worry. Instead, be full of trust. Be full of trust. Trusting in God and his good work in your life and all the good things he gives you. But what does that look like? to trust God, even in worry. I want to invite up Helen Smith, just to kind of ground that into the real life experience of someone as part of this church, to ask her a few questions 
about her experience of worry and how these truths have helped her. I'll give you this Helen as well, just in case. There we go. Thank you, Helen, for coming up and agreeing to do this. So can I ask you those questions? Can you tell us about your experience of worries in life? Um, well, actually, I'm quite worried about being up here, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, worry, worry comes um, when things in our life that are or appear to be so big that we know that we can't manage them on our own. And um, for us in our family over the last 30 years, that has been periods of illness. Um, I, many of you will know that 30 years ago, I nearly lost my life um, through an illness that was undiagnosed. And um, I'm here today because of God. Our son went through a period, 18 months of illness, and um, that was a very tough time for us as a family. When it's, when it's you, it's different. When it's somebody you love and you care for, that's a completely different ballgame. Uh, Nigel, as you know, was diagnosed uh, with cancer. And uh, for each of those, for me, for James, for Nigel, we've walked a different path. God has taught us different things. And in each of those situations, we've had to lean on him and trust on him. Mm-hmm. So in six years ago, when Jen, our daughter, started to display signs of illness, that blew everything out of the window. That was a situation that blew apart our family, our friendships, our relationships, our church life, not this church life, but our church life. And we just thought, God, how, how are we going to get through this? And um, we have to just keep coming back to him. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where we are at the moment. Yeah. So with all these health issues, both for yourself and for Nigel and for your children as well, can I just ask you, how do those three truths, maybe one, two, or all three of them, knowing that God is big, knowing that God knows knowing that God gives, not just to your bodies, but for your hearts too. Did that make a difference in all the worry? Yes, it did. God is, I love being outdoors. I love, I love nature. And um, <clears throat> what you said about, <coughs> sorry, what you said about um, the birds and, and um, just looking at God's creation. And when you're in the Lake District and you're on top of a mountain and you just see, and you just see God's creation, and you think, that's the God that made that, and yet he cares for me. And that just blows you away, that you can give your worries to God, knowing he's such a big God, and he's got it, and he holds you in his hand. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Helen. How can we pray for you? Maybe even this week, or generally, how can we have you in our prayers, and your family? I think my, my, my prayer for me is that, as a family, we won't be defined by what's happened to us, but will be defined by what God's done in our lives. Yeah. Can I do that now? Can I pray? Thank you, Helen. Father God, I just want to bring the Smith family to you, Helen and Nigel and the children. And that exact prayer, we pray that they wouldn't be defined by their experience in life, but they'd be defined by who you made them to be, children of the King. And Lord, I pray for all of us now, anyone who might be feeling worry, Uh, Whatever that might be, Lord, I pray that they would find 
that their experience isn't that of full of worry, but rather full of trust. Trust in you as a big God. Trust in you as a knowing God. Trust in you as a giving God. Lord, please help us to run and turn and find you to be the one who holds us fast. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That brings us to the end of our service. And if there is something that... um that's been said this morning that you'd like to talk about further, do please come and have a chat to Nathan or myself afterwards. It would be lovely to, to do that with you. And let's pray now to close our service. Father God, thank you for all that we have learnt about you this morning, that you are a, a big God, a knowing God, and a giving God. Thank you that you have given us your kingdom And you've invited us to be a part of it. So as we go into the week ahead, help us to remember that you are with us. You are holding us fast. Help us to trust you and be full of thanks rather than worry. In Jesus' name, amen.